0: Hi everybody, this is Moshe Fried and welcome to the very 18th episode of the Class Stars podcast. You may have noticed that on pretty much every container of milk, it says that the milk has been pasteurized. Pasteurization is a process that was invented by a man named Louis Pasteur. Today we're going to talk a little bit about him, his discoveries, and how we can use some of those concepts to improve our classroom management. The big question is, how do teachers like us, who are being pulled in so many directions, with so many demands and so much to do, how do we make sure that we not only get through our lesson as planned, but also make sure that every child is noticed every day, and that each one gets the attention they need to succeed? That is the question, and the Class Stars podcast is here to give you the answer. Here is your host, Moshe Freed. In the summer of 1856 in the town of Lille in the northern, you know, close to the northern border of France, there was a man named M Bigot who was extremely frustrated. He was frustrated because in his alcohol production company, a lot of the alcohol that he was making out of beetroot was turning into was turning spoiled rather than, you know, become alcohol. He got so frustrated that he approached his son's professor, who was none other than Louis Pasteur, and asked him to help him solve this problem. Louis Pasteur took his microscope and started doing his usual investigations, and this, bega- this became the beginning of the discovery of germ theory, of recognizing that there are tiny microbes that were in the containers that were in the beetroot juice that was becoming alcohol that were infecting the alcohol and spoiling it, and he suggested subsequently that Mr. Bigot wash out the containers that he was using with the spoiled beetroot juice, and he 'll see a drastic decline in the amount of alcohol that was spoiling. This later led to the idea that by washing your hands you can really really uh, minimize germ prevention and had a tremendous, tremendous effect on the medical industry and on, on you know many, many things beyond that. So what does that have to do with classroom management? The answer is like this. When we look at a classroom, we're looking at it, there's so many different things that are going on. And we often don't see the microbes. We often don't see those little things that you really need to take a microscope and look very, very deeply in order to recognize those things. And the question is, what are those things that cause children to struggle, that cause them to be overlooked, that cause them to become frustrated, so on and so forth? So what I like to do is look at these things under a you know, figurative microscope, not like Louis Pasteur actually used, but how can we look deeper into the activities of these children that are struggling and put them under a microscope? And when, when I look at it, it really comes down to interactions. How are they interacting with the teachers? How are they interacting with each other? And if we can look at these interactions under a microscope and really break them down, we have a much better chance of recognizing problems much earlier. And just like it's so simple to wash your hands, it's amazing how simple it is to wash your hands. And you can really, really reduce the amount of germ spread. In fact, before Louis Pasteur, surgeons wouldn't wash their hands. Today, it's so obvious, it's so simple. Wash your hands with soap and you can do that. Imagine if we can take something, figure out something as simple as that and apply it to school and drastically reduce the number of kids that are dropping out of school. Imagine if we could figure out what that washing of the hands is for a classroom and drastically reduce the number of failures that we have in our school system. How amazing would that be? So we can imagine that, and it does sound amazing. But of course, the initial reaction that we have is, but what is it? There is no such thing. Washing hands is obvious. Washing hands is simple. What is the equivalent of that in the classroom? So the way, the way I've been trying to understand this, and tell me if this makes sense, is that if we actually document every interaction that a child has and look at the trends and look at the patterns of behavior will probably notice a lot more about them than we're doing with the traditional way of documenting behavior. Now, the problem is that it's impractical to document every single interaction that a child has, unless you're going to put a camera on them and just record everything that happens, you're not going to be able to document everything. So I grant you that, we're not gonna record every kid and analyze it that way, although, as I had mentioned in a previous podcast about John Gottman, when he studied couples interacting, he actually filmed them and he actually had them live in a little apartment that was wired up with cameras. Obviously, they were all agreeing to do this. They were all voluntary. They came to be subjects of his experimentation. But, but he watched them interact on that kind of level of really like putting, putting them under a microscope the same way that Louis Pasteur did. And like I had mentioned back then, what he discovered is that when couples interact, there is a high correlation between the ratios of positive to negative feedback that they give each other and the quality of their relationship. And what he came to discover and what he's able to do is look a, watch a couple discuss a disagreement for three minutes and with over 90% accuracy predict if they'll still be married or together in 10 years. And the way he does that is by counting the number of compliments and criticisms that they give each other. So in a good relationship, where they're going to make it for the next 10 years, even while arguing, couples will still give five compliments to every criticism. But in a poor relationship that will not last, they give only 0.8 compliments to every criticism. So a one-to-one compliment-to-criticism ratio is very close to a divorce. And when we think about that, that's like really putting it under a microscope. And if we apply that to the classroom environment with the struggling student, how much positive feedback is the struggling student getting? So obviously, it's really important, if you want to do this, to pay attention to the number of compliments and criticisms that you're giving each child. But how do you do that? It's impossible to record every single thing that goes on. So of course... We don't want to just say it's impossible and then give up. We would never accept accept that from our students. So what are we going to do? We're going to do the best that we can. Let's try to be more cognizant. Let's try to notice the way we are interacting with our students. If you're able to, keep track of it. On a piece of paper, you can take a class list and just put a mark. You can put a dot every time you give a criticism to a child or at least some of the times that you give a criticism, whenever you can remember it as best as you can. And typically, if you do it with some level of consistency, even though you don't get every single one, but you have a sample size that's hopefully significant enough that will inform you as to how much positive feedback you need to give this child. So every time you give this kid a criticism, you mark it down. Every time you give a particular child encouragement or positive feedback, you mark it down. And at the end of the day, you can see the balance you can see who's gotten more positive feedback who's gotten more c- criticism who needs more positive feedback the next day to make up or to balance out the ratio of what was done the previous day and take it from day to day so this was the idea that struck me after you know reading about Louis Pasteur and what he did and how he looked really really deep at a micro scopic level and he's discovered so much and it was so revolutionary. Let's try to take a little bit of a microscopic look into the behaviors and interactions of students that are struggling and let's see what we'll discover. How amazing would that be? If you like this podcast, please, please share it, spread it. You can always give me feedback. Always looking to hear great ideas to help teachers, support teachers. It's been great. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Class Stars podcast. To learn more about our vision for education, subscribe to us, visit our website, take our free training, sign up for the newsletter, and follow us on social media. Join the revolution in education and become a Class Stars today, empowering educators one episode at a time.